Hi, I'm Terry Dittmer. I was the director, I was a member of the youth ministry staff in Missouri Center for 38 years. It was my 48th, 45th uh, anniversary of my ordination this past year. So anyway, what I found out, what I uh, did a few months ago was I was just kind of thinking about youth ministry and how it had changed and what things I valued uh, in terms of uh, putting together a youth ministry program for the Synod and for congregations. Um, and I discovered that uh, there were kind of 11 things. Uh, it says in the handbook someplace that I was going to give you 10 things, but I discovered another one a, a week <laughs> So anyway, uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has a long and really f excellent uh, history in youth ministry. C.F.W. Walther, who was the first president of the Synod back in the 19th century, uh, was promoting youth ministry. And that's what the little bookmark is uh, for. Put it in your uh, Bible or put it in whatever resource you're using when you're frustrated with the young people in your congregation, because uh, CFW Walther said back in the uh, late 19th century, you cannot use your time to better advantage than by serving well the young people of the congregation. That really was a visionary kind of thing. And he said that to his seminary class. He was the uh, president of the Missouri Synod. He was also a pastor at Trinity in uh, Soulard, St. Louis. And, uh, uh, he challenged the pastors, future pastors that he was training to take care of the young people in his congregation. So we have uh, a long and glorious history in youth ministry. Uh, I'm a baby boomer, I was born in 1948. Uh, in the last 50 years, some very uh, significant and interesting things have happened. And youth ministry continues to evolve. It's uh, in good hands now. Uh, with Mark Kiesling as the gathering or as the uh, director of youth ministry, uh, the the current staff is excellent, and they're taking it to uh, to to a proper uh, evolvement of doing youth ministry in this day and age. One of the biggest differences in this day and age is the device. We were talking this morning about how young people at the gathering in some ways are detached from the gathering because they're all looking down at, at their device. We all know that, we're all shaking our heads yes, but on the other hand, it's the reality that we live with and it's, it's the uh, reality that young people are connected, as are all of us in this room, I, I would imagine. So, um, but the, again, the long and glorious history, people like Rich Bimler, Leo Simank, Ben Eggers, Lee Hovel, uh, Les Stroh, Steve Sonnenberg, Dean Dahman, unless we think that uh, uh, it's dominated, and it is dominated to some extent historically by men, but uh, Missouri Synod also has uh, folks like Sally Hiller, Margaret Hinchy, Lori Bachman, uh, Lisa Hellyer, almost, well, all of the, these people are at the gathering. Uh, it goes back to 1961 when Bill Karpenko started the youth leadership training program at Valparaiso and really uh, probably ushered in the, the current modern era of youth ministry. Uh, besides that, 
the evangelical church seems to have discovered youth ministry. Tom Schultz started Group Magazine. Interestingly to me, he married Joni uh, Schultz. Uh, she was Joni Bousfield, Lillivold Schultz. Uh, she's the Missouri Synod DCE, so Group Magazine has uh, some Lutheran roots. Uh, Wayne Rice and Mike Iaconelli started Youth Specialties. And uh, Mert Stroman uh, started Search Institute and uh, wrote the book, The Five Cries of Youth. Um, Mert and Search Institute were located right here in Minneapolis. So in some cases, we, we, the Missouri Synod made some strong connections in the 80s and 90s with uh, Search Institute. Anyway, the 11 things that I learned about or that I value for youth ministry, uh, the first one was, it was a little difficult for me to understand it when I first joined the staff, but they like to say that youth group does not equal youth ministry. Now, part of our history goes back to the Walther League, and the Walther League was about groups, congregational groups, senior high groups, and junior, or senior, the senior Walther League and the junior Walther League, which did not necessarily mean senior high and junior high. But the legacy of the Walther, Walther League was uh, at in those days, it was the social media of the day. So you connected to your church's Walther League group and you hopefully met your spouse in the 40s and 50s especially. Um, the, uh, what the uh, Missouri Center, or what the staff back when I joined the staff uh, wanted to under, help people understand though is that not every teenager connects to a group. And I think we have uh, pretty much figured that out over the last 45 years. But um, uh, young people, don't, they don't all thrive in groups. Now, I'm guessing, I would guess that most kids who come to the youth gathering do connect with a congregational group. But um, young people uh, take all kinds of roles in congregations. They are musicians and acolytes. Uh, they are property, property management, uh, child care. We need to acknowledge them and what roles they take within congregational life. And often, it, how many churches wouldn't have trumpets on Easter Sunday except for the fact that they have uh, young people who uh, play trumpets in a uh, high school band. Uh, so anyway, youth group does not equal youth ministry. You've... Uh, you connect to uh, young people through any variety of ways. I wrote a book about it called The Youth Ministry Sketchbook. Uh, I think you can find it online in the used, used books section, uh, but CPH doesn't publish it anymore. Anyway, uh, second thing that I would, I would point out, and I think everybody probably knows this, uh, music is really important to youth ministry. Singing it, dancing it, playing it, listening to it. Music can be an excellent uh, teaching tool. Music is an expression of uh, fun, faith, community, celebration. Uh, there are a variety of styles, and I would hope that we don't lose track of any of them, because I think they're all interesting and, and, uh, and good, focused. Um, the... Uh, Music here at the gathering, I think, is really fascinating. Uh, the, uh, 
sometimes it just it seems like it's really pretty hard rock and yet the band uh, on a couple of occasions has dropped out of the singing so you can hear the 21,000 voices singing together I think that's really awesome um, there are some very contemporary rock songs and there are uh, traditional hymns the uh, I, w I would just hope that the church doesn't uh, ignore any of them. They're, they're, they are all can be excellent uh, teaching tools. There are some people who only want seven eleven choruses. You know what that is, seven words sung 11 times. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, uh, although some people would have us believe that. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is a, a trend or a tendency now for some authors, some music, musical authors, to um, write verses again. The, Get, the Gettys, uh, who wrote uh, In Christ Alone, uh, they write songs with verses. The songs that I've written pretty much have uh, verses uh, because they, they make excellent teaching tools and praise tools. So, uh, and, and music's something everybody connects with. Uh, which reminds me of a story of my son. In an Orlando gathering, we even had a heavy metal group. He was in the heavy metal group, and uh, the, some kids got so excited about heavy metal Christian music that they formed a mosh pit. Uh, maybe not the best thing. But anyway, uh, let's see. Third thing. Um, when I joined the staff, there were a couple of resources called uh, New Games and Playfair, which emphasized um, playing and building community together. Everybody is welcome. Everybody wins. Nobody loses. It's a time for kids to interact in a fun game way. Uh, the whole goal there was to uh, build community. Uh, and I think the building of community is something that we need to look at in the years ahead, uh, particularly as we work with the uh, whole device mentality. Uh, new games had any variety of uh, interesting games. One of the ones that I remember, well, how many of you have ever participated in a lap set? Not so many, but... Uh, uh, I was once a part, well, in uh, Kansas City, Jubilee 78 was a regional youth gathering. We had 2,200 people doing lap sit. If you don't know what a lap sit is, you get everybody in a circle, close together, and then on the count of whatever, uh, everybody sits on each other's lap. And at the uh, time we did the 2,200, we had a Guinness World Record for uh, 2,200 people sitting on each other's lap. I think that has since expired. Uh, another, another thing that uh, has taken uh, off dramatically is the whole matter of serving, serventing and caring for others. It started in the Missouri Synod in the 70s with the care ministry. That evolved into servant events and mission trips. Uh, there are a lot of kids who uh, prefer mission trips like uh, to, to uh, youth gathering. They like the idea of service, of making a difference in people's lives and helping take care of people. Uh, but I, one of the cautions that I would offer about servanting is that sometimes servanting becomes slavery. 
uh, when, like, when a high school requires young people to do service, it becomes slavery instead of uh, servant. And I, I've seen that happen in some congregations as well. The, uh, another caution is that the servant do, does not become the focus of servant ministry. Uh, you hear every once in a while uh, that the kid, uh, a kid's being inter interviewed about uh, what they um, did on their servant event, and they'll, they will say something to the effect that we did really important work, but I think it made me feel better than the uh, person who I was serving. When that happens, the servant or the kid becomes the focus instead of the caring and service. So it's just something to keep in mind uh, when uh, thinking about uh, service opportunities. Fifth thing I've learned about is in, uh, intergenerational ministry, mixing the generations together. Rich Bimler wrote a piece uh, back when I first joined the staff called Side by Side Within Organized Prayer. Uh, within organized parish structures, the whole idea of uh, young people uh, working side by side with uh, older people, middle-aged people. Uh, Fifty years ago, the youth ministry uh, of the Synod, youth ministry in general, was really oriented toward the senior high young person. So freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. In the 80s and 90s, that uh, changed to, to, be, to an addition of junior high ministry because uh, we found that uh, junior high kids, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, had some needs that uh, weren't being uh, met by purely uh, senior high ministry. In the last 20 years, this is, to me, this is an interesting phenomenon. Young adults have become a, a focus, not the focus, but a focus of youth ministry. Uh, young adults like the uh, young adult volunteers that are here at the gathering. Uh, but the interesting, interesting thing about uh, youth ministry in the Synod today, when you look at the youth ministry office in, L in the LCMS, youth ministry now covers fifth grade to 35 years old, which is a pretty significant chunk of our membership. Uh, each, of the, uh, e each of those age groups has specific needs and opportunities, and uh, it's just fa fascinating. The um, Missouri Synod, did a study of millennials. Maybe you saw the publication. Uh, it was in the reporter. There is a, co uh, a magazine over in the youth ministry booth about that study, but uh, it kind of gives a rationale for why it is we're concerned about uh, young adult ministry through age 35. So I suppose that uh, what we can do is say that it also includes all families because you could have some 30, early 30-year-olds 30 who have uh, children. And uh, so we would we we just work, work with all of them. Why not? The uh, sixth point I found was leadership. I, I love it when teenagers take the lead. It's hard for, sometimes for adults to step out of the way, but the idea is to allow youth to take charge and to run things. Adults become consultants. Uh, they back up the kids in the work that they're doing. 
they uh, serve as encouragers to uh, get the job done. Youth ministry, uh, youth ministry, that youth ministry survey that I talked about uh, identified millennials' desire to take on meaningful roles in the congregation. And it is kind of a curious uh, phenomenon, but there are congregations, and maybe you're a member of one of those congregations, where all the leadership in the congregation, the president of the congregation, uh, the uh, secretary, treasurer, wh whatever position they may have, but they tend to be owned, those positions tend to be owned by the older folks, which in this, this day and age is the baby boomers and the uh, silence generation. Um, and so con consequently, a lot of times the millennials, the uh, young adults, feel marginalized and outside the leadership of the congregation. And one of the ways that you can look at uh, connecting those people more strongly is to uh, allow them to take leadership roles. Uh, and it's fun. When you work with teenagers especially, which is what I did with Lutheran Youth Fellowship, uh, they can be very creative, very energetic, very opinionated, um, and in the process uh, make some significant contributions to the life of the church. My seventh uh, point is uh, express expression in music, art, dance, and poetry. Uh, giving kids the opportunity to express themselves creatively. Uh, it's not that we want to create great works of art, but I, I've, uh, in our Lutheran Youth Fellowship program, when we, uh, had, when we did the training, we always had uh, tables laden with uh, uh, all kinds of art stuff, uh, paints and markers and... Uh, uh, what do you get at Hobby Lobby? The uh, sequins and glitter and, and you just give them a, something to uh, color or create and allow them to take over and they uh, can express themselves in some very interesting ways. Uh, one of the things that we always did at the uh, LYF training was uh, they, they would make a cross or they would, they would make a small symbol which... Uh, they then, when we worshiped and uh, did the Lord's Supper and we passed the peace, the, uh, they traded those crosses. So the uh, crosses went all over the room. And uh, you never knew whose cross you were going to get, but it, uh, it was a community builder in, in a sense. But uh, give kids the opportunity to uh, be creative, to use their ta talents and skills. Last night at the mass event, the, uh, the dancers, I thought, were uh, particularly beautiful and a demonstration of this point. The eighth point, connecting to, with cultural issues, inclusion, and diversity. Uh, there are all kinds of things going on in the world today. Teenagers often have questions. Teen teenagers also often have opinions and thoughts. And the church needs to provide a safe place to grapple with those issues and challenges in today's world. Uh, something like the gathering, uh, the interest centers, uh, the topics that are being discussed here, uh, those kinds of opportunities uh, help teenagers. They won't always come out of the workshop uh, singing the, the official position of synod. They may continue to have uh, uh, questions, but 
the fact that they have the opportunity to talk about and to uh, work through some of those issues is an important uh, connection to youth ministry. Which brings us to the ninth point, which is affirmation of doctrine, tradition, and liturgy. Uh, some people balk at this a little bit, but uh, one of the things that uh, I think is strong about the Missouri Synod is we, we do still uh, promote doctrine. Uh, we do still value tradition. And uh, we are in the process, I think, of rediscovering liturgy. I don't mean to say that uh, the hymn book is the only way one should uh, go, but there's value in that. In fact, uh, about 20 years ago, we had a guy by the name of Dan Kimball. Uh, he wrote, Why They Love Jesus But Not the Church. Uh, he, he was an evangelical, free, what does he call Anyway, he, he was a pastor at a congregation uh, in California, not a Lutheran. And uh, when he came and spoke, we did a devotion, and one of the uh, devotional leaders used the hymn book. And Dan picked up the hymn book, and he said, wow, this is really neat. Uh, you don't need a projector to project the words. Like if he, if he was just sitting in his study and, uh, uh, and all of a sudden he needed a hymn book or he needed a hymn or a song, uh, that he could use a hymn book as a resource was totally new to him. He even put it on his website. Uh, to, to me, that was weird, but uh, anyway. he said, look what those Lutherans have. Um, but any, one of our jobs is to help young people grapple with what they believe, and it's not necessarily easy. Uh, it's reconnecting to the divine mystery, uh, liturgy, and, the serv and its service to worshipers. Uh, there's a new trend uh, to uh, discover contemplative worship. Uh, what, one of the curious things is uh, one of the reasons we're in fifth and sixth grade ministry is that Statistically or study-wise, uh, it has uh, been found that fifth and sixth graders really connect to the mystery of worship. And so um, uh, the young, young people uh, have no problem believing there is a God and that he can do marvelous and wonderful things. And the uh, real presence in the Lord's Supper takes on significance for them. Uh, with regards to the mysteries of the faith. One of the things I, I've found interesting to do for me personally uh, is to discover how often the Bible says something is true. Um, I know I could go to a concordance and look up truth in the concordance and it would show me all those verses, but I, I've just found it fascinating and reassuring to read, uh, the, to read Scripture and all of a sudden, there's a, there's a truth. This is God's truth, or my word is true. Or, uh, and young people seem to connect to that. They like to know that. The uh, tenth point is uh, relationships in all size of, sizes of communities. One-on-one uh, -on -one relationships, uh, adults becoming mentors for young people. Youth groups continue to be significant in the lives of congregations. And I, uh, from what I said earlier, I'm not, I don't want to write off the youth group. 
uh, but then it's all sizes of communities, including mass gatherings like this one. Um, it's just amazing to uh, look at the uh, 21,000 people sitting in the arena at one time and hearing them sing together, hearing them cheer, cheer together, hearing them race inflatables together. Uh, it's, it's just uh, awesome. So we don't want to limit to one, we don't want to say this is a better community over against this. This is just another community. This is a, uh, another opportunity. Lutherans have always been good about building a history or building and creating youth communities. Local church groups, zones and circuits, back in the uh, heyday of the Watherly, they had a really highly organized structure. Uh, some of that, most of that is uh, not in place anymore. Um, there are still district youth events, district youth gatherings, district youth training. Uh, the camping associations in the uh, Missouri Synod are uh, some of the uh, really important and good resources. Uh, and national events like this gathering, uh, like leadership training events, etc. And finally, the 11th point is I, I've been uh, curious to see how the youth ministry as a calling has begun to unfold. Uh, you can almost major in youth ministry, almost major in youth ministry. Uh, I don't think any any of the Concordias has a specific youth ministry major, but you can major in youth ministry. I don't know if that made sense. Uh, also, the whole idea of targeting uh, pub or targeted publications, like in the Missouri Synod, we had resources for youth ministry, which evolved into the Youth Ministry Quarterly. We now uh, have an online resource called The Source, T-H-E source, uh, E for electronic, and uh, it's free. And it's free to not only Lutherans, but anybody who is interested in doing youth ministry. Uh, group magazine continues, group books, youth specialties, intervarsity, uh, all, the, uh, all those provide resources for uh, building effective youth ministry. And again, you, you can, Walther said, you cannot use your time to better advantage than by serving well the young people of your congregation. Uh, and that's what's on that bookmark. And uh, one of the things bookmarks are good for is nobody throws them away. So uh, whenever you're feeling discouraged about uh, your youth ministry, pick up the bookmark and see what Walther said to his SEM students. The uh, second, second side is uh, just something I... Uh, I think it was the last blog I wrote uh, for the youth ministry uh, or for the LCMS uh, website. And we're not going to go through the seven senses, but I, I would encourage you to read it and uh, see what it might have to say to you.